sister got. If you need your ceiling painted, come see us. We will paint it better than a guy in bus. If it's breaking and it's feeling, we will renovate your ceiling. We will make it so appealing. Come see us. Friends, we'll paint any ceiling for just $29.95. Right. How do we do it? No overhead. In fact, when we get through, we'll have nothing overhead. And if you hire us, you'll have nothing in your head. We paint ceilings, ceilings, and only ceilings. We don't paint floors because they're beneath us. Heyo, and welcome back to Thank Fucking God It's Friday. I am Drew. And I'm Katie. And today we're going to talk about a show that the characters for it originated from a a short called The Premiere of Platypus Duck. What? <laughs> yes. We are talking about Animaniacs. What is that? So Not Animaniacs, but the other thing you said. <laughs> oh, the Premiere of Platypus Duck is an animated cartoon that Tom Ruger the creator of Animaniacs, did in film school. Oh. And originally, the Ducks for... Or the <laughs> Ducks. The Warner Brothers and Warner Sister were going to be Ducks. Right, yeah. Yeah. And uh, they used these these Ducks that Tom Ruger had drawn for this thing called the premiere of Platypus Duck. And uh, they basically transform them into the characters they were by putting a big red nose on the bill of the Duck prototype and... Then Tom Ruger was like, what should we call them? And they looked out and saw the the WB water tower in the distance and, like, call them the Warner Brothers. They live in the tower. Oh, that's interesting. Like, I kind of thought that the whole, like, Warner Brothers thing was specifically tied to, like, the WB somehow. Not that it was, like, a random thing. Yeah, no, I guess, like, he <laughs> looked out, saw it. And this is just an anecdote, so yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's a thousand percent true, but... What if he had looked out and seen some other sign? <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, well, I guess they're the Hollywood brothers. He just saw the Hollywood sign. Yeah. So, yeah, the Animaniacs, it started in September 1993 on Fox Kids programming block. So, last week, I was right when I said that, but... Still, you were also <laughs> yeah, don't remember. I, I'm sure that I said other things. <laughs> you were also right because you mentioned the WB in 1995. It moved to WB Kids, where it stayed until the series wrapped in November 1998. Did Fox own WB? I do they? Don't think so. No, I know so little about who owns what. I just assume <laughs> Disney owns everyone. Oh. <laughs> like, I just assume Disney owns, like, Fox, ABC, CBS. I assume Disney owns all of them secretly. <laughs> I don't know about that. I do know that WB Kids was, like, aimed at lower-aged kids than Fox Kids was, and that was kind of why it started to wane when it was on that network and then ended up getting canceled. <sighs> Lame. <laughs> they had so many good things on it. The show is great. So yeah. many segments. One of which I think is applicable to our situation that we got going here. What? Where Katie and I started to record this. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, basically yesterday for us. <laughs> and got like an hour in before realizing that one of the microphones is not on. Yeah. Uh, my and, fault. <laughs> and one, one of the segments on Animaniacs was good idea, bad idea. And... Derek suggested that we, he's like, you should do something like good idea, being super prepared for your podcast, bad idea, not plugging in the microphones for your podcast. Yeah. Shout that was out to unfortunate. Derek. 
Yeah, that was. <laughs> but here it we happened. are again. <laughs> here we are. So the show was created by Tom Ruger at the request of Steven Spielberg, who executive produced Tiny Toon Adventures. And like you were saying, the original idea was for it to be three ducks, but they decided that there were already too many ducks on TV in cartoons, like DuckTales and Darkwing Duck, so they yeah. decided to rework that. Plucky Duck? He Wasn't he on Tiny Toon Adventures? <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. He was yep. the one that flushed everything down the toilet. Yep, you know? yep. Oh, I think you go down the hole. <laughs> oh, gosh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember that part specifically because I would always quote that for, like, just random stuff. Like, oh, Ducky, go down the hole. <laughs> I think he might have been my favorite. <laughs> but, yeah, they settled on the Warner siblings, Yakko, Wacko, and Dot. And they kind of look like dogs, but not exactly... Ruger was inspired by anthropomorphized animal characters from the 1930s when he was creating them. I mean, they wanted to give them, I know they wanted to give them that like 1930s vaudeville cartoon right. character uh, kind of background. And I know that you haven't seen any Marx Brothers movies, no. which they actually parody some of them in this, too, yeah. which makes sense. <laughs> um, but like, I don't know, that at least Yakko seems like his character and the way he acts and talks is like a groucho marks he he seems very marks brother-esque yeah and the colors are you know they're black and white and then they have red noses so they're pretty basic looking in general yeah so yakko is the older brother and he's the one who kind of leads the group yeah i found a wonderful site that will be linked on all social media and yeah our show notes on on our website um which was called the animaniacs writer's bible which the guy who keeps this website says that it used to be like a digital file, but it was too large for them to download, which <laughs> this was like in the early nineties. Yeah. It makes some sense, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's still floppy disks maxed out at what? Like 512 kilobytes? Megabyte, not even megabytes. <laughs> <No>. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like, I don't know. It could have been a little bit bigger than that, but yeah, but still, I feel like a net, like, they would have been able to. The backstory <laughs> behind it doesn't make sense. But I found a way. I typed all of it up into this file, and it's <laughs> fucking long. Like, <laughs> he goes through so so much detail. It took me days to read all of this stuff, and you, I didn't. You read re- the whole thing? No. Oh. <laughs> it probably would take me a month to get through all this stuff on here. Um, but I did get to one point where. Like, he's doing all these show notes, and then there's, like, a break, and he said, Hey, guys, sorry, I happen to be homeless at this point, so it's hard getting some of the stuff up. And I'm like, what? I have so <laughs> many questions about what's going on here. Who is this guy? Right? He, I don't know. It's <laughs> definitely a fan site. It's all just text, but... Wow. <laughs> um, but anyway, in the Animaniacs Writer's Bible, they have some descriptions, and I'll, I won't read the whole thing because it's long. Uh, but for Yakko, we've got he's the gang leader, the oldest of the Warner Brothers, the glib, fast talker, and sly wise guy in a groucho Bugs Bunny mold, a thinker, a planner, a schemer, and a recreation director of the trio. <laughs> this also goes into a couple like character traits for them, and it just like lists them and then has a description saying like Yakko's yakking. He likes <laughs> to yak. Stuff like that. Uh, Yakko's finger snap, which is it says, Yakko has the miraculous power of being able to stop his sibling's destruction with the mere snap of his fingers. Oh. Um, Yakko is voiced by Rob Paulson, who does a lot of the other voices on the show. And if you look at his IMDb, it just he does so much voice acting and stuff. He He's great. And I get to meet him at Comic-Con a few years ago. Seemed like a really cool dude. Nice. 
And Wacko is the middle kid, the other brother. And he's basically what his name implies. He's kind of all over the place. Yeah. The, the Animaniac siblings were based off of Tom Ruger's kids. Like, Yakko was supposed to be uh, his oldest son who would just never stop talking. And then Wacko uh, was a mixture of two sons, Luke and Cody. Luke was ill-tempered and would slap people or was in a slapping people phase, I guess, which <laughs> is hilarious to me. He's like, that'll make a good cartoon character. I mean, it would make a good cartoon character. It wouldn't make a good kid. <laughs> right. And then Cody, who was the odd one. Uh, so it's kind of a mixture of those two kids. Wacko Wacko's definitely the wackiest of the three, I would say. Yeah. And when I first heard him talking, he reminded me a lot of Mike Hanford's impression of John Lennon on Comedy Bang Bang. Yeah, which is so close because it is supposed to be uh, an impression of, or the voice is just based off of Ringo Starr. Almost. Almost yeah. got it. <laughs> so close. Um I showed Katie a picture of the guy who voices Wacko. His name is Jess Harnell. And all I said beforehand, I said to her, whatever you're picturing, this is not it. Yeah, that was accurate. He has extremely long hair. It's way past his shoulders and it's curly. <laughs> yeah, he looks like a 70s rocker for sure, which he is part of a rock band called Rock Sugar. Um <laughs> So he's got that. He's also been the voice for America's Funniest Home Videos, the announcer, since 1998. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. But not in the Bob Saget days. Was Bob Saget before 98 then? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know who hosts it now. Um, I think around 1998 it would have been Tom Bergeron. Oh, no shit. <laughs> I guess I stopped watching America's Home Videos uh, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have... The sister, Dot, who is the youngest, and she's always playing up the cuteness factor. She wears a pink skirt and has a flower in her hair. And her actual full name is Princess Angelina Contessa Luisa Francesca Banana Fana Bobesca III. Yes, a very long... <laughs> it has nothing to do with Dot in that no, at all. There's no, no Dot. There's no, like, Dot's not an abbreviation for anything. It's totally random yeah. off the wall. Her name, her them giving her a long name, it was suggested that it is based off of Pippi Longstocking's full name, which was Pippi Loda Delicatessa Window Shade Mackerel Mint Ephraim's Daughter Longstocking. That's just too much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, already Pippi Longstocking is quite a name. <laughs> yeah, it's already very long. <laughs> but yeah. they did that. Um, Dot is voiced by Tress McNeil and... Again, just like all the others, she's pretty awesome. They're all they were all super cool to listen to them talk during uh, Comic Con a few years ago here in Seattle, and they kept doing script readings of things like Star Wars, where they would do the different characters' voices. So you'd have like Dot as Princess Leia, and like Pinky as Darth Vader, and the Brain as the Emperor, and just like go through these scenes and reading them, and it was so fucking. That'd funny. be really entertaining. <laughs> yeah. It, I, they probably have videos of it online. I'd have to look it up, but nice. it's it's pretty good. I think she also voices Babs from Tiny Toon Adventures. Um, probably. I'm pretty sure. I think and I read does that. A lot of, does a lot of voice work. <laughs> so those are the three Warner brothers, or, well, those are the three Warner siblings. Yep. There were originally four, uh, and their names were a little bit different. So there was Yaki, Wacky, Smacky. 
and then I guess Dot. They didn't really have another name for it. Yeah. Um, and that was when they originally started as Ducks, and they were switched over to the whatever they are now. <laughs> uh, and then they came down to the three. Yeah, and in episode 65 called the Warner's 65th Anniversary Special, we learned the backstory that the siblings were originally created as side characters to an actual cartoon called Buddy, or maybe the character was just called Buddy. And according to this lore, this fake lore, they were given their own shorts afterwards, but they were deemed too incomprehensible for human consumption, and the siblings were locked in the Warner Brothers water tower until they escaped in the 90s. Never to be seen from again. Until now. <laughs> yep. But the show was a huge hit with kids. Like, both of us watched it. I remember watching it a lot. I didn't retain as much of it as you did. Yeah, but... which is shocking, because <laughs> most of these shows, you remember so much more than me. <laughs> but you watched more cartoons than I did. Like, I had them on, but I wasn't, like, focused on them. I still probably watch more cartoons than you. <laughs> probably. I, I, I don't have TV. <laughs> like, I haven't had cable or just even basic TV in years, but... I still watch cartoons on like Netflix and Hulu and stuff. So yeah, but you don't watch Bob's Burgers. I I have gotten into Bob's Burgers. Oh really? I haven't seen all of them. Okay. But I've gotten more into it. It good. is funny. I like it. <laughs> good. Yeah. There's know, a lot of good stuff in there. I don't know what kept me from doing it before because like I like uh, H. John Benjamin. Yeah, he's great. He has such a distinctive voice. <laughs> yeah. Can of tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. Vegetables. Sorry. Yeah, vegetables. <laughs> Kids really liked the show, but adults did as well, and like college kids, and this was largely because there were also jokes that were aimed specifically towards them, a lot of more dirty type jokes. So one of the famous ones is the fingerprints episode, where Yakko tells Dot to dust for Prince, and then she comes in with Prince, the musician, and Yakko's like, no, no, fingerprints, and she looks at Prince and is like, I don't think so. <laughs> oh, God. They would have all the uh, the, the sexual innuendo kind of right. things where like, uh, they would, you know, the guys would have their hello nurse, yeah. which the phrase is actually meant for Buster Bunny. He was going to say that whenever Babs Bunny came in, but yeah. <laughs> they felt like it just came off weird with him, which that, that would be kind of creepy. It would be. that, right? Yeah. On this show, it originated with an actual nurse character, right? Yeah, whose name, whose character name is Hello Nurse. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But going back to your point of like adults watching it, I think it was like one fifth of their audience when it was on TV was people like adults. Oh, wow. Huh. <laughs> yeah. So that's a pretty solid chunk of it for yeah. a kids' cartoon show. Especially considering, didn't it air during like the daytime? I don't know. So, don't remember any of that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it did. I'm not positive, but you would think that adults would be at work. But, I mean, college kids probably were watching it at the regular time. That makes sense. But if you are interested in the raunchy jokes of the show, it's an easy YouTube search. There's a video that just has all of the 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 adult jokes from the show on it. And uh, it's like 10, 10, 11 minutes long. Yeah. Too long for Katie to watch the whole thing. <laughs> I watched half of it. I watched the part with uh, Beethoven and they're like, or Beethoven says, I'm a pianist. And they're like, you're a what? <laughs> I'm a pianist. <laughs> there was one type of joke that was off limits for them, though. Oh, really? Yeah. Steven Spielberg did not allow them to make any fat jokes oh. on the show. Well, they do. Sort of. In the second episode that we're going to talk about. Um, somewhat, I think. <laughs> but I, I, 
I think that was just more parodying the show itself. That's true. Yeah. I think that they were trying to do things where they weren't like, I guess, body shaming people, which yeah. that holds up pretty strongly. Yeah. No, it does. Yeah. And actually, when they were doing all of the adult jokes and stuff, I think it's Yakko who would always say, like, good night, everybody, thinking that they were going to get, like, pulled off the air. Yeah. <laughs> so the episodes that we watched today are season one's Hooked on a Ceiling and Good Feathers, The Beginning, and season five's Cute First, Ask Questions Later, Acquaintances, Here Comes Attila, and Boo Wonder. So the first one has two parts. The second one has four. Every one of those show names is great, by the way. <laughs> Hooked on a Ceiling is such a great title for that. Yeah, it is really good. Uh. <laughs> and I really like Acquaintances, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. <laughs> so Hooked on a Ceiling slash Good Feathers, The Beginning. The air date was September 16th, 1993. And there wasn't a TV guide description that I could find. So the IMDb description is... The Warners give unwanted help to Kirk Douglas cum Michelangelo as he tries to paint the Sistine Chapel. Squid tells the story of how he became a good feather, a story that involves a discarded bagel on a busy street. I chose this episode for us because it is the one I remember most mm-hmm. uh, from the show, like, and mostly for the second half of it, but also the first half is great too. The theme song. Yeah, so the theme song is something that everybody knows at least part of, I think. Like, Drew probably knows the whole thing. I know maybe half of it. <laughs> it's time for uh, so the theme song, they just kept rhyming stuff with Animaniacs, Animaniacs pretty yeah. much the whole time. Well, uh, and then their names, like... Yeah. Yakko Yaks. Oh, no, I guess that also rhymes with Animaniacs. (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) They, in the the theme song, there's a couple things. Every time they would have, uh, near the end of the song, it's like, Animani, totally insane And then they would have some sort of phrase. The gentleman or gentle lady. I assume gentleman. <laughs> I don't know why. It just seems like a guy did this site based off of oh, okay, yeah. everything on it. <laughs> he has put on here a list of every episode along with the titles of every sketch, sketch of every <laughs> sketch in each episode, uh, along with what they say during the intro, during the title. So in the, this episode, it's here's the show's namey. Appropriate. He also, Accurate. Yeah. He also has what they do at the end for like the exit gag, which in this one it's they like they'll say like oh set three extra places we're coming over for dinner right as like the credits end. Also includes what the joke credit was because Tom Ruger's assistant would always get a joke credit like lemming herder or animal handler. Uh, in this one it was hamster trainer. <laughs> That'd be a pretty fun job. Yeah. The other part I like from the. From the... (laughs) Credits? Uh, Theme song? Yeah, the other thing I like from the theme song is that they include Bill Clinton plays the sax on there. (laughs) And I just... What would it... I can't even imagine them having, like, Donald Trump in this for a rebooted show. Yeah, I mean, in this, Bill Clinton is, like, kind of 
cool guy. Like he's on a sort of stage and he's yeah, playing the saxophone. But if it was Trump, I just feel like it would be a really negative image of him. And then like the only thing I can think of that rhymes with Animaniacs is something about taxes. Yeah. Well, Donald Trump refuses to pay his tax. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> like it's just I couldn't see it. I couldn't see it happening. I couldn't see him allowing it. Like, he has enough problems with Saturday Night Live. Like, yeah. <laughs> Animaniacs, a failing show. Had to use me on there. Bad rating, sad. Mm. <laughs> anyway. The so, episode. <laughs> so the show starts out with the siblings, and they're in the water tower, and they escape through a hot air balloon of a clown head. And it flies through the air, and the next place we're at is Italy, so I assume they took it to Italy. I don't really know. Yeah, you would guess. Um, we have a narrator who comes up in a little circle to talk about Michelangelo. The Renaissance. Yeah. And the the announcer or narrator is supposed to be patterned after uh, actor John Houseman. Uh, and he talks about how history has fallen apart to the point where people just think of Michelangelo and Donatello and Raphael uh, and Leonardo as... The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. yeah. Cowabunga, dude. They pop up. And the narrator says, Michelangelo was a brilliant artist, not a turtle. <laughs> so then we go to the Sistine Chapel where Michelangelo has just kicked out his assistants and put up a painter's wanted sign so that he can get some help painting the ceiling. Yeah, Michelangelo is, his character in this was designed based off of Kirk Douglas and his voice too, uh, which makes no sense because Charlton Heston was the one who played Michelangelo in the agony and the ecstasy, but hey, whatever. Yeah. It's their show, not mine. And he's wearing a toga. He has very blonde hair. Yep. And he uh, is call needs help finishing painting the Sistine Chapel. And who shows up but the Warner siblings? Yep. Because he says, oh, heavenly muse, send me some help. So they say that they'll paint any ceiling for just twenty nine ninety five. We don't paint floors because they're beneath us. Nah. <laughs> Oh, Sorry, poor Ellie. <laughs> so, poor pupper. Apparently, Ellie is afraid of clapping. <laughs> I guess. Uh, and then Dot does a little parody of Feelings, singing Ceilings, nothing more than Ceilings. <laughs> yeah. A uh, lot, of, lot of song parodies in these episodes. Well, just in the show in general. Yeah. So, they kick Michelangelo out of the building and start painting. And Michelangelo's out there trying to get back in. And I don't remember which one it is. Is it Yakko who like comes to the door and opens like the little window and it says, nobody gets in to see the wizard. Yeah, it's Yakko. <laughs> so this is just one of the pop culture references that we get on the show. Yep. He gets back in and it turns out that they painted over the ceiling. There were a lot of naked people up there. This is a church. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, shenanigans go on. You know, they... They give him, like, a bunch of wallpaper and linoleum stuff to choose to distract him. And he's like, there needs to be pictures up on the... And they end up drawing their their own pictures, painting their own pictures. Yeah, we get the dogs playing poker and Elvis Presley. And when he says he doesn't like it, Dot's like, I knew he wanted a younger Elvis. <laughs> uh, apparently that's a reference to when the Postal Service was polling people on whether they wanted an old Elvis or a young Elvis for the stamp. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Did they go with the old Elvis and then people wanted the young Elvis? Um, 
I don't know. <laughs> I I didn't look that part up. I was just seeing what they said it was a reference to. Got it. Um, yeah, they also have some pictures, uh, paintings of big-eyed kids. That apparently was a popular style. I don't remember that. So eventually, he gets back in there. Michelangelo gets back in there and tries to throw them out. And uh, Michelangelo's like, it's not supposed to look like this. And he like shows them a picture of what he wants it to look like. And I think Yakko's like, I wouldn't go flashing that around if I was you. This is a church. <laughs> and he asks for their help because his eminence is coming and he needs to get this done tonight. Please, you gotta help me. <laughs> Wait a minute. You expect us poor innocent children to climb up dangerous scaffolding and paint naked people all over a church? We'll do it! But we're not doing it for the sake of art. And we're not doing it for the sake of money. No, we're doing it because we like painting naked people. So they do a little paint-by-numbers thing <laughs> uh, where they draw all the all of the paintings up on there and Dot puts numbers and they just bounce uh, Michelangelo up and down on a trampoline of some sort. Yeah, like a big tarp that they're throwing him up with. Yeah. And then there's one last blank space and his eminence is coming. So Michelangelo goes and kisses his feet while the siblings finish the ceiling. And when Michelangelo turns around and sees what they painted, he's appalled. He says, I'm ruined. Yeah, they painted in the place where it's supposed to be like the hand of man touching the hand of God, whatever it's called. Like. I don't know. <laughs> that thing from Arrested Development with Buster. <laughs> yeah. Monster, brother. <laughs> uh, they paint it with E.T. and Elliot touching, like, in the ouch yeah. <laughs> scene from from E.T. Yep. But then we see his eminence, and he likes it because it's Steven Spielberg. Yep. Of course it is. And Yakko says, painting is like show business. You have to know your audience. Yeah. And... Katie remembers this, but I apparently don't. The old Life cereal commercial where, like, Mikey, he likes it. <laughs> uh, apparently they were referencing that one. Like, he right, likes yeah. it. I like it. Hey, Mikey, he likes it. Painting is like show business. You have to know your audience. Yeah, I can't believe you don't remember that commercial. It's Life cereal, yeah. I mean, I like Life cereal. Oh, I don't. Cinnamon Life is so good. <laughs> I remember buying Life cereal just because of the prizes, and my mom said we could buy whatever cereal we wanted. We had to eat it, though. And that Life cereal sat in the pantry for months. That's amazing, because <laughs> Life cereal's so good. How do you not like it? Maybe I'm actually thinking of Wheaties. I like Wheaties, too. <laughs> it's weird that I like so many cereals because I never eat cereal. Oh, really? Yeah. I was all about the sugar ones. Frosted Flakes, Captain Crunch, Fruit Loops. Did you ever do Berry Berry Kicks? Mm, I only did regular kicks because oh. that's what I would eat at swim meets. Berry Berry Kicks was so good. Like they had the grape berries and the strawberries. Yeah, I mean, I had it, but it wasn't my, one of my favorites. Oh, God, I love that. <laughs> anyway, his eminence likes it. Hooray. Woo. Then we have the next cartoon, the second part of the episode, which is Good Feathers, the beginning. And I don't remember any of this Good Feathers stuff. Like, these are recurring characters that just slipped by me, maybe because I didn't get any of the references. And I am the complete opposite in that <laughs> the Good Feathers are what I remember most outside of the Warner Brothers, even more than Pinky and the Brain. <laughs> really? Like, yeah. I remember the Good Feathers sketches because I... My dad would always like watch 
the Godfather and those movies and stuff. And like, I, I love Goodfellas. I love Raging Bull. I love the Godfather, like heat, all of these movies. They're, they're great. <laughs> uh, and Goodfellas is just like such a perfect parody of them. You've got the three Goodfellas. Uh, you got Pesto, who is a parody of Joe Pesci and his voice is spot on. <laughs> like, I need to go look up and see if Joe Pesci did it. I know he didn't. <laughs> okay, the guy who did Pesto's voice, his name is Chick Venera, which is just a great name. Chick? Chick. I almost <laughs> said Chuck, and then I looked a second time. His name is Chick Venera. <laughs> and that's great. It's appropriate <laughs> for playing a bird. I guess, yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so you got Pesto, who's Joe Pesci. Then you got Bobby, who's Robert De Niro. And then you got Squid, who's Ray Liotta's character. And the voice for Squid is like a dead-on impression, too. Yeah. Like, it sounds just like Ray Liotta's character in there <laughs> for me. And, like, it starts out the exact line that Goodfellas starts out with, like, as far back as I can remember, I wanted to be a good feather. <laughs> like, that's it. That's how the thing starts. It also has... um like the shot of Pesto and Bobby walking down the street and like things are kind of passing by there. Like that, they, they used a lot of that Scorsese did in, in the movie, like as the guys are walking down the street, kind of in the moving background. Yeah. And uh, this is the only like reference that I really know, but I don't know the movie it's from. I just know the reference. They say, you walk in with me. I don't see anyone else here, which is the, you talking to me? Yeah, but, that's from uh, Taxi Driver. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I know the quote. So yeah, Travis Bickle is oh. the character's name. Um, one of my favorite things for this is their use of the words "coo" and "beaking" <laughs> as swear words, which I can't believe I missed. Yeah, it's like "hey, coo off, coo you." <laughs> uh. Although you're definitely more of a swearer than <sighs> I am, so you probably were just like listening for that more than I am, probably. I mean, I wasn't really listening for it. it yeah. I feel like it was pretty obvious. Maybe. Yeah, when someone who's like a, like the cat scares the uh, scares Pesto and Bobby, yeah. right? And then it runs obviously. Like, yeah, coo off. Get the coo out of here. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like that's pretty. pretty I guess blatant. I just wasn't paying attention. <laughs> yeah. So Squit approaches them, and he's kind of dorky looking. He has this big smile on his face, and he's like. I want to become a good feather. And they're like, you, you a good feather? No way. <laughs> and he's like, I want to be a tough bird like you, Pesto. Uh, don't laugh, guys. I just want to be a tough bird, you know, like you, Pesto. What do you mean by that? Well, I said you're tough, that's all. You're saying I'm an overdone piece of meat? Is that what you're saying? What am I, a plate of dry steak butt meat here to amuse you? No, I didn't say that. I, I just said you're tough. I am tough? Yeah. I'm tough. Yeah, you're tough. That's it. Which is a reference to the, the famous, what, you calling me funny? You saying I'm funny? How am I funny? Funny like the <laughs> clown? Funny I make you laugh? Ha ha. That uh, Joe Pesci has with uh, Ray Liotta's character. And unlike in Goodfellas, Pesto always fights Bobby. Yeah. I'm sorry. Pesto always fights Squid. Yeah. And Drew made me watch that clip 
So now I understand the reference a little bit better, but <laughs> I should just make you watch all of I should have made you watch the entire Goodfellas movie for this <laughs> five to seven minute sketch <laughs> on a cartoon. <laughs> we'll have to have a movie night sometime where with Sarah, we were going to like all pick a movie yeah. that the other ones haven't seen that we really like. Maybe you should include that one. I think I was going to do the jerk. Oh, right, right. Have you, you haven't seen that? No, right? I haven't. And neither has Sarah. So. I need to choose better friends. <laughs> so the God Pigeon shows up, and the God Pigeon, I'm assuming you could get the reference yeah. to the Godfather. Yeah. It's based off, it resembles Marlon Brando's Godfather down to the, the talking. Yeah, he's a big, fat old bird, mumbles everything. <laughs> the God Pigeon says Squick can become a good feather if he brings them some food. And right at this moment, a bagel is dropped in the street. So Squit's like, I'll just go and get that. Let me just say that the Godfather would have been a great name for it. The Godfather? Yeah, because it's the Godfather and they should have called like the God Pigeon the Godfather. That would have been great. That's (laughs) great. (laughs) Yeah. So Squit goes to get the bagel, but it's rush hour traffic and he gets run over basically. And the other birds decide they're going to help. But then there's the New York City Marathon. (laughs) Yeah. They end up getting like in a taxi that goes to LaGuardia (laughs) or something. They end up in a subway. And they decide from the subway that they're going to go up through a manhole cover and grab the bagel through the hole in that. Another failure. Yeah. I think it's Bobby who sticks his wing out and then the wing gets run over by a car. Yep. So um, the next idea is that they're going to stop traffic dressed like a cop. Yeah. So Bobby stops traffic and then Pesto and Squid are about to get it. And what does he say? Squid calls Pesto a swell bird right before they're about to get the bagel. Which leads to another meltdown. Swell? <laughs> How am I swell? Uh, and Bobby tries to blow the whistle to break them up. Traffic goes again. Yeah. They're about to give up at this point. And the God Pigeon shows back up. And just straight up walks into the traffic and all the cars stop. He takes the bagel, eats it in one bite, and then... Walks back off. Walks walks off and they let Squit, or he lets Squit into the good feathers. Yeah, gets to kiss his, gets, kiss his paw. Or what do birds have? Talons? <laughs> yeah, talons, feet. <laughs> yeah, kiss his toes um <laughs> and so squid is a good feather yeah were there any other like really obvious references to the gangster movies in those um like the phrase bada bing is something james Kahn says in godfather part one they have like a lot of i was looking at another site that has all these like explanations of references from the show um and a lot of the things that Bobby or Pesta would say just like in passing were references to like just brands of things or just mm. random stuff. So there's probably a bunch I didn't catch there. Yeah. Those mobster movies in general that you watch so many of. <laughs> yeah. The only mobster movie I've seen is Mickey Blue Eyes. And you told me this has Hugh Grant in it, which immediately yeah. I was like, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not a mobster movie then. But he's marrying James Caan's daughter. And that's like the only. I think there's other people oh in it too. God. But I'm just like, I feel like it could have every actor from like a Scorsese movie in it, and it has Hugh Grant as the main guy, and I'm like it's not a, it's not a gangster <laughs> movie. 
Oh, God. And that's the end of the good feathers part. Yep. And then we have one final thing, which is them deciding what the moral of the story was. So they spin this wheel called the Wheel of Morality. Wheel of Morality. Turn, turn, turn. Tell us the lesson that we should learn. And it lands on number four, which is never ask what hot dogs are made of. Yep. The Wheel of Morality was put in as a recurring segment um, because the animation was the same every time. And so it was cheap, easy to put in there if they just needed to fill a little space at the end of a show. Yep. And Wacko in this part says, of course, it all makes sense now in his Liverpudlian accent. Is that what it is? Is that Liverpudlian? Yeah, Liverpudlian. I just Googled it. Sounds like an element that I learned today. Livermorium. <laughs> Did you do that in a trivia quiz? Yeah, I'm trying. I'm up to almost 100 elements. I think I got 99 today. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so if I can just add one or two every time I do it, added technetium. It came in handy at Trivia on Tuesday when we had an elements question. Yeah. Well, that was an easy one. Any amateur could have done that. <laughs> but they didn't. We did. First place. What, what? Oh, goodness. And so that's the end of the episode. Yep. Um, so I, like I was saying, don't remember Animaniacs as well as you do, but I liked this episode. I probably liked the whole Sistine Chapel thing more than the Good Feathers part because I don't understand the references the way you do, but the other one had like a lot of pop culture stuff in it that was pretty interesting. So I like that. And I'm going to give this three and a half paint by numbers ceilings. Okay. I love this episode, as as is clear. Uh, I, I truly do remember this one for some reason. I think it's because of the good feathers part. <laughs> um, but I also remember the, the Michelangelo stuff and, and the, we like painting naked people. Yeah. Like that line, <laughs> all of those things. Um, the only thing keeping this from being a perfect episode for me of the Animaniacs is something we'll get into in just a second. Music. There was no original song. And I love the songs from Animaniacs. So yeah. I'm going to give this 4.5, get the coup out of here's <laughs> out of five. Nice. Let's talk music, though. Yes. So, yeah, music was a huge thing on the show. And that's actually probably the thing I remember about the show the most. So when I was in, like, fourth grade, when I was nine, my family went to Hawaii and on the plane, they had, like, the radio stations that you could listen to if you bought their airplane headphones and plugged them into the special ports. Which is a huge fucking racket. Let's be clear. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bullshit. So there was, like, a kid's station. And that station had the Animaniacs States and Capitals song in it. And I listened to that... I don't know how many times because there are probably only like 12 songs on this station and they just repeat it over and over. So on a six hour plane ride, it probably came up a lot. Do you remember all the state's capitals because of no, that? No, I don't at all. Uh, I never knew them. Maybe that's what I should learn next. Like I know all the, I don't know all the state capitals. I was trying to do world capitals, but. Oh, that seems really hard. I figure if I can do all the countries of the world, I can do all the capitals, right? <laughs> I guess. I yeah. mean, that would come in handy for trivia, too. I'm just trying to really build a good base so that <laughs> I can be good at the most useless things in the world. I mean, we don't have a geography <clears throat> person, so. With the music, the show actually had a 35-piece orchestra. 
That's crazy. That like was just for the show. Um, and they contracted seven different composers to write scores for the run of the show. So Steven Spielberg insisted that they have an original orchestral score for each episode. So in like literally every episode has at least one part that is completely original for the show that they had someone make up for it or an original song. Yeah. Um, That's crazy. And That's I think, a lot of work. Yeah. I think the song that people remember the most is probably the countries of the world one, or at least that's the one that's the most requested of the voice actors when oh. they go around places. Hmm. And in fact, Rob Paulson, who sings it, he sang it at Comic-Con. Nice. Nailed it. <laughs> uh, and he sang that song and recorded it in one take when they originally did it. That's insane. It is a lot of very quick reeled off countries. Yeah. Uh, the song was written by a guy named Randy Rogel, who wrote it because he was trying to help his son with geography homework. Nice. Then he became a writer on the show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there were other songs. Katie mentioned the state capitals one. There's the U.S. presidents. There's uh, another one that's to the same tune of Countries of the World, where it's a recurring thing throughout the episode where Yakko is singing all the words of the English language. <laughs> They do like the A's, the L's, and then I think Z's is where they come back a third time. They literally say all of the words that start with those letters. It's it's a pretty long. It's like the the video clip for it's like four minutes. I stopped watching. <laughs> wow. like, he's not going through all these. Uh, but yeah, it goes for a while, and then like at the same time, Dot is announcing it like it's a like a dog show or something almost. <laughs> um, and then there's like Yakko's universe where he puts everything into perspective of how small we are in the universe. They were all, they're all good. Like nice. Even the next episode we're about to talk about has, as a song, the here comes Attila. It does. Yeah. And that one, I think they're all pretty educational actually. Yeah. I mean, they're usually talking about history or somebody important or something important that like, I think the state capitals one helped a lot of people more than <laughs> anything else. And like, I, I learned the countries of the world because I I don't know. I think that song got me into trying to re-remember them, and they recorded a new version of it. Was it actually them? Uh, I think it was that guy, Randy. Oh, Rogel, was it? it? I, I don't know. So. I didn't look at what his name was. I don't know either. <laughs> so then we have all of these minor characters from the show. So some of them became major characters on other shows, like Pinky and the Brain. They got their own spinoff. Yeah, they... They were based off of Tom Ruger's co-workers, two of them, uh, two animation people, an animation director named Eddie Fitzgerald and an animation artist named Tom Minton. Was one of them trying to take over the world? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just like their stature, maybe, and oh. personalities. I don't know. Um, one of them was stupid. <laughs> yeah. Pinky is known for his catchphrase, narf, and <laughs> eat God's brain. <laughs> all that. He is voiced by Rob Paulson, who they were going to have somebody else do it. And then Rob did a voice and like, cool, yours. <laughs> um, Brain is voiced by a man named Maurice LaMarche, who is a premier Orson Welles impersonator. Interesting. And, yeah. The voice is supposed to be based off of Orson Welles. <laughs> he has a very serious voice. Yeah. It, I think it fits what he looks like. Yeah. Uh, he was originally going to be... They wanted Patrick Stewart to be his voice. That would have been so funny. <laughs> yeah. That would have been very different. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I definitely remember Pinky and the Brain. I didn't watch that show as much, but, I mean, everybody knows the 
phrase like, what are we going to do tonight? Same thing we do every night. Try to take over the world. Did you know about the conspiracy theories? No. That Pinky was the genius and Brain was not? (laughs) That seems really far-fetched. There's like, I don't want to get into them at all. And (laughs) the reason I don't want to is because Tom Ruger came on a Reddit AMA and other places and basically said no. (laughs) Um, But yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that tries to point out how Pinky is the real genius. I mean, he's pretty stupid. (laughs) But all of his stuff ends up always like working out. I guess so. (laughs) Either way. Yeah. They are probably the most famous of the side characters on the show. Yep. Then who else do we have? Um, we have, within the Animaniac, the Warner siblings world, you've got Dr. Otto Scratch and Sniff, <laughs> who is based off of Freud and is meant to de them. Seems like an impossible task. Right. <laughs> he is employed by Thaddeus Plotz, who is the CEO of Warner Brothers. He is assisted by Hello Nurse. Hello Nurse. They are chased by Ralph T. Gard. <laughs> who actually, I think... Shows up in that last episode a lot, chasing them, um, like, through the subway and stuff during the Good Feathers sketch. Yeah. he uh, He's also in the Tiny Toon Adventures. Uh, then we have Mindy and Buttons. Mindy is uh, the little kid who always, like, escapes from her harness, and Buttons is the dog that has to, like, protect her from all the stuff. Is that the one where she, like, hugs the dog, like, really tight or something? No, that's Elmira. Oh, it, Okay. I'm pretty sure, anyway. Okay. No, she's the one that, like, her mom will come, and she's like, okay, lady. And her mom's like, call me mom. Call me mom. (laughs) Okay, lady, I love you. Goodbye. (laughs) And she would always get into shit, and, like, Buttons would save her, and then Buttons would get in trouble in the end every single time. (laughs) Then we have Rita and Runt, who are stray dog and cat. Runt is stupid. Rita is a cat. Uh, Runt thinks that Rita's a dog, I think. It's like, oh, you're a weird dog, Rita. You're a real weird dog. (laughs) Rita is voiced by Bernadette Peters, who is in The Jerk. Oh, connection to earlier conversation topics. Yeah, that's a callback. (laughs) Um, And she sings a lot, which makes sense because she's like a Broadway singer, too. Yeah, I remember her from like the Brandy version of Cinderella. I don't know that. What? Which is really shocking because you said Brandy. Yeah, it was like the 90s version of Cinderella that aired on ABC. Oh, man. Brandy was in it. Was Who who else did she sing The Boy Is Mine with? Monica. Is Monica in it? It has Whitney Houston. Okay. I'll have to look this up later. <laughs> Whitney Houston plays the fairy godmother. Okay. Um, then a couple others that we've got. There's a lot more, but we've got Slappy and Skippy Squirrel. Slappy Squirrel was like an old-timey cartoon character, and like she's in retirement now, and Skippy Squirrel's her nephew who always comes over, and she just gets into shit with that. There's Chicken Boo, who we'll see in the next episode. So I'm not going to go into Chicken Boo, but basically yeah. the whole premise is he's a chicken and people don't realize it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't remember him either. Uh, you've got Mr. Corey Skullhead, who's the guy who does Good Idea, Bad Idea. That you were talking about earlier. Yep. Um, and then there's Minerva Mink, which only appears in two skits in the whole thing. No. Oh. Because they deemed her character to be too sensual or too sexy interesting yeah they had to actually uh, apparently get rid of some cleavage in her and the way they drew her (laughs) uh which is ridiculous Uh, but yeah they got rid of her because she was a 
too too much for a kid's show, I guess. That makes sense. So the next episode that we're going to talk about is a four-parter, basically. We have Cute First, Ask Questions Later, Acquaintances, Here Comes Attila, which is really short, and Boo Wonder. So this episode aired on October 11th, 1997, and the TV Guide description is Snow White discovers Dot, who's deemed cuter than her, the sitcom Friends is spoofed, a song about Attila the Hun is sung, Chicken Boo pretends to be Batman's sidekick. In the title, uh, why can't I think of this? What do they call it? The theme, theme song? song? God damn. <laughs> In the theme song, they rhyme Animani with Chicken Chow Mani. <laughs> Solid. And at the end, the the credit is, insert funny joke credit here. <laughs> I miss that. I don't yeah. know how. And they didn't do the morality thing <clears throat> at the end. Not in this one, no. There is a lot of content here, so I can see why they didn't need it. <laughs> yeah, they, it, you know, they have good runtime. Oh, this site has all the runtimes of every sketch. Seven, <laughs> seven minutes, 15 seconds, seven minutes, five seconds, one minute, 21 seconds. <laughs> Cheese and rice, man. Cheese and rice. No wonder it's so long. Oh, goodness. So this first cartoon is Cute First, Ask Questions Later. And it's basically, it starts out as a spoof on lifestyles of the rich and famous. Like the narrator sounds like that person. Robin Leach. Robin Leach, that's it. <laughs> and he's talking about the evil queen and how she poisons Snow White because she's more fabulously cute with a burger. That's what she poisons her with. And the Prince Charming shows up with two dwarves because what a fabulously cheap cartoon. Which, they're not even cheap. They have a <laughs> whole orchestra. <laughs> yep. And then the queen gets dropped off of a cliff. Which apparently is a direct shot at what happened in the 1937 version. Oh, didn't know that. I didn't either. <laughs> so Snow White and the prince move into the castle and she likes the mirror and... The mirror basically is telling her that she's the cutest, so that's why she likes it, just like the queen. Oh my god. <laughs> and then the mirror is like, wait, this just in, and you get like kind of a news bulletin thing, and it says that there's someone cuter now, and it's Dot and Burbank, and so Snow White sends the two dwarves to kidnap her. Yeah, they're like <laughs> redoing the opening. Why can't I think of the word theme song? <laughs> they're redoing the theme song. <laughs> That's like, three times. Yeah. <laughs> the opening number. <laughs> uh, and Dot's gone, so they go, you know, to find her. Yeah. Um, she's being locked away in a dungeon for 11 minutes. No, it's not even no, 11 No, it was 101 seconds. 101 seconds. Because Snow White expects results immediately. Yeah. Dot gets out by using her cute weirdness on uh, Dennis Hopper like character. Yeah. I wasn't really sure what was going on. He kind of had like a stoner vibe to me, like the voice. They do the same. Literally. I'm pretty sure it's word for word. I'd have to look back at the episode. It's like word for word. The exact thing with the same character in the hearts of heart of darkness episode. Oh yeah. Where they're parodying apocalypse now and stuff. They, she does the same thing. Oh, you're using your cute weirdness on me, man. Oh, <laughs> that's a really good impression. <laughs> that's that, my sound, that sounded just like him. <laughs> that's my next. Uh, that's my next gig. Is I'm just gonna do impersonations. <laughs> you oh, should be a voice actor. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I don't have the. I have the face for it. <laughs> Dot's like, pleasey wheezy wheeze. Oh man. So uh, she gets let out, and then. 
Yakko and Wacko show up after Dot gets caught again, and they're going to, like, throw her out the window. They have her by her arms and legs, and they're, like, swinging her. Like, they're going to launch her out the window. They end up throwing Dot out, or everyone gets tossed out, basically. Yeah, the prince shows up, and when he opens up the door, it, like, knocks Snow White over and sends everybody out the window. So Dot and Snow White are, like, hanging onto the ledge, and... The prince is reaching for Snow White, but then sees Dot and is like, oh, you're cute. (laughs) Dot tricks Snow White into raising both of her hands. Say, who thinks that she's the cutest? And she falls in. You hear a chomp. (laughs) Oh, I didn't hear that. You didn't hear the chomp? No, because there's an alligator in the water, right? (laughs) Yeah. So she falls. You hear the splash, and then you hear a chomp. So I assume she's dead. Uh, Dot marries him. Yeah. Dot marries the prince, and the mirror is about to say that there's a new cutest person in town. And he's like... It's the Olsen, dr- and she puts the <laughs> the dresser right in front of it before yeah. they can say the Olsen twins. <laughs> yep. I actually did like that part because that is a pop culture reference. So, And this was 97, though, so that's a little no. bit late for the Olsen twins, right? No, I don't think so. It's a few years after um, Full House ended. Yeah, but this is right around the time when they're making like all of those movies together. That's true. And why can't I think of the name of the Australia one? Um... It's not Holiday in the Sun. That's the Bahamas one. I used to watch the Australia one all the time. So I looked up the the plot of that. It's so bad. Is it? It's so bad. And I watched it all the time. (laughs) I want to have a day where when we talk about Full House, we're going to talk a lot about Olsen Twin movies. That's important to me. Anyway, one one last note about this first part uh, before we move on to acquaintances. Apparently, and I did not see this. There's a sign over the mass graveyard by, like, the the castle that says, over one million served. <laughs> like there's a million bodies in the graveyard? I guess. It's pretty <laughs> <Jeez>. dark. <laughs> anyway. Man, the queen was busy. Acquaintances. <laughs> so, I was Googling, like, what are the best things from Animaniacs? And this was the one of the things that came up. And... We decided to do it because I am a huge Friends fan, and this is a spoof on Friends. So it starts out in Ellis Island. <laughs> yeah, the siblings are like some Eastern European immigrants with like Warnovich as their names. Yeah, and the intake guy shortens all of their names. Like they had given longer names for their first names too, but he's just like Yako, Wacko, Dot, and stamps them. And they get entrance into America. But then the Statue of Liberty sees them or something and calls them horrible little puppy children and then kicks them. And then they fly into the city and land in a crate. And Wacko's like, or Yakko's like, oh, don't worry, New York City, I've got some friends here. He's like, well. Well, before that, Wacko says, where in the world does Carmen San Diego stay? Yeah. Because they're needing somewhere to stay before the Emmys. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Yakko says, I know some people. They're more acquaintances than friends. And then we cut to, like, a spoof of the intro theme for Friends. So, it sounds exactly like the Friends theme, but all of the words are different. Think that this could be a show. Six 
trendies on a couch just drinking cups of joe. They lead such boring lives but never fear. Because we're moving in for a month, maybe a year. Oh, we won't ever leave. No, you can't throw us out. We won't ever leave. You can scream, you can shout. We won't ever And they even have the fountain, and all of the characters are there, and the Warner siblings are, like, chasing them around. Marcel. And, yeah, Marcel is in it. Um, apparently, he's on that germ protection suit, because it's supposed to be he's the same monkey from the film Outbreak. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> the cartoon of Ross looks so much like Ross, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. How much more like Ross could he be? Could he look any more like Ross? <laughs> uh, they just like, there's every little joke. I feel like what I liked in Good Feathers, Katie liked in <laughs> <Yeah>. this. <laughs> yeah. The end of the theme song is all of them sitting on the couch and then a big anvil drops on them. Then we cut to their apartment and it looks almost exactly like the apartment on the show. Like they have the purple walls, the window, the kitchen, the right number on the door, the refrigerator, the couch, everything. They even have the French poster, although it doesn't have a picture on it. It's just like a white box that has the words at the top. So None I, of these things I would have noticed. I really like the attention to detail of the apartment. But they're like, don't mind us. Just go on your, with your lives. We're going to be here for like a month. A month or even a year. Yeah. <laughs> the whole premise is they're saying that all the Friends people are boring and do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they get Monica to binge eat and revert back to her childhood obesity. Yeah. Wacko comes out of the fridge and is like, hello, skinny nurse. And she says, actually, I used to have a weight problem. And Dot like force feeds her a snack. And then that's basically all the motivation she needs to just keep snacking and snacking. And she gradually gains a lot of weight, which... Yeah. So we were saying before, there's no like fat shaming jokes on the show. And this would be like a borderline thing. But I actually think Friends does a really bad job of fat shaming with the whole like Monica in a fat suit thing. Yeah. So this Definitely. is kind of like I think playing off of that and yeah. how that is probably like not a good thing for them to have done. Yeah. Like it's ridiculous on the show. It's pretty bad. <laughs> I remember that stuff, and I was like, okay. Like, there's even scenes, like, at the ends of episodes where it's just music and then Monica, like, dancing in the fat suit. Like, eating a donut or something like that. Well, of course. you got to be eating. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway. Uh, Joey is an idiot throughout the entire thing. Chandler just makes fun of Joey. Do you know how so not welcome you are? <laughs> I don't know. Can you have a few bars? <laughs> Yeah, Phoebe's, like, playing a guitar. Like, how not welcome you are. Hello, space case nurse. <laughs> Dot smashes the guitar. Ross and looks and sounds so much like Ross. He's, he's, he does, for sure. They say, we just flew in from the coast. And Joey's like, on an airplane? And Chandler says, no, on a blow dryer. And they're like, how did you guess? And then I think it's like Wacko is, like, flying around the room on a blow dryer. Yeah. So the rest of it is basically just 
them trying to get the Warners out of their apartment. Yeah. The Warners trying to get them out of the apartment. Yeah. And the friends get kicked out of the apartment. And when they're like sitting in the hallway, they say, if we don't have a couch to sit on and drink coffee, what do we do? And that's basically the point of the whole sketch. Like there is nothing else that they do. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually they kick the Warners out and they end up at the Seinfeld restaurant. Oh, but forgetting the pinky and the brain reference. They say, let's just do what we do every night. Take over the world? No, that's Pinky and the Brain. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, they end up at the Seinfeld restaurant, and those cartoons looked exactly like the Seinfeld people, like the Jerry Seinfeld one. What's the deal with these kids? (laughs) Uh. Yeah. So that is Acquaintances. Has lots of little friends jokes, so if you're a Friends fan, go check that episode out. Yep. Episode 93. Or like season five, episode Episode three. three. (laughs) Yeah. I only know it's episode 93 because I'm looking at that. (laughs) (laughs) Then we have a really short cartoon called Here Comes Attila, which is a song. Yep. It was uh, to the tune of Old Dan Tucker. Um, It was okay. It was funny. It, I liked it. It's an educational thing. They keep saying like, run away. Here comes Attila. I don't know the tune. (laughs) But I think Attila, like, dies in it or something like that. Yeah, at the end he dies because he eats two ox. Right. Not much else to say about it. No. It's a song. It's literally, like, a minute minute, long, if that. (laughs) Uh, I can tell you how long it is. It's one minute, 21 seconds. Okay. (laughs) Um, And then we get to our last one, Boo Wonder. Yeah. And, like I was saying, I don't remember Chicken Boo at all, but here we have Boo Wonder, and he's dressed in, like, Human clothes. I liked the boo ones. (laughs) Yeah. The whole premise is always that, like, somebody kept saying, like, or sometimes there'd be someone saying, no, he's a chicken. But normally it's like no one knew he was a chicken. And then, like, he would lose his glasses or something. And they'd be like, you're a chicken. They'd all, like, want (laughs) to kick his ass. Yeah. So, yeah. In this one, he's, like, wearing basically, like, a suit, kind of. And he's at Batman's cave. What do you call that? The Batcave. The Batcave? Okay. <laughs> I mean, he's at Batman. He's at Bruce Wayne's mansion. And mansion, like, okay. <laughs> I don't know if this was actually Adam West as the voice of of Spruce. Not Bruce in this. It was Spruce. Oh, it was Spruce. I didn't yeah. get that. But if it wasn't it Adam was. West. It okay, was Adam I was West. Say, if it wasn't Adam West, this guy had a perfect <laughs> Adam West voice. No, it's, I just looked it up. It's Adam West. <laughs> okay. That makes... that. I was like, it has to be Adam West. <laughs> um, so Adam West is Spruce. And they live in Flossum instead of Gotham. Was it Flotsam? I wrote down Flossum. Uh, for some reason, I thought it was like Flotsam, like it's a mess, like a wreck. Yeah, I didn't hear the T. It could have been. <laughs> I, I don't know. And they see that the the enemy, the villain Punchline, who's obviously like a play on the Riddler, I guess, um, is taking over the TV station. I guess. Yeah, he says. Bring me the Cape Crusader and the Boo Wonder. And Boo Wonder is play on Boy Wonder, right? Yeah. For Robin. So, yeah, everything that he's saying, though, his, like, henchmen and stuff think is a joke. I don't remember what he was saying. I think he was saying, like, I'm going to put this random show in reruns. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, like oh, that's funny. <laughs> so uh, they go yeah. to the Guano <clears throat> Cave. And as they're, like, going to go get punchline they're climbing up the side of the building and dot pops out of a window and says i love a man in a unitard (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, they break in, they get into a fight, and everyone everyone is trying to tell Spruce, Batman, that the Boo Wonder's a chicken. Like, that's the whole premise. And he's like, yeah. I would. The Boo Wonder has always been there to protect me, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And eventually at the end. Well, and one of the, you know, with the comic books, how there's like the pow and all that stuff. Oh, with, yeah. With Boo Wonder, there's baka. Yeah. Baka! <laughs> Uh, <laughs> clock. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, they capture Punchline, and when they're talking to the police guy, the mask comes off of the Boo Wonder. A job well done. I couldn't have done it without my resourceful partner, the Boo Wonder. Okay. <gasps> I told you he's a chicken. Holy drumsticks! You really are a chicken. <laughs> Yep, and the Boo Wonder goes away, uh, <laughs> runs away. It ends with a song. Is that a song that they play with all of those sketches? What was the song? It was something like, if oh, you yeah, 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 wear yeah. a disguise, dress like disguise. human, guys. He's like, you wear a disguise, you look like human, guys, but you're not a man, you're a chicken, boo. Yeah. Yeah, they do that at everyone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I like the Boo sketches. I think they're pretty <laughs> funny. Like, they're stupid, but they're funny. Yeah, it was pretty funny. I liked it. Because there's always ones where, like, like all these women are, like, attracted to him. Like, oh, oh. boom. And he's just, bah, bah. And, and then, like, they'll just still, like, oh. And then it's masked it's time to I'm like, you're a chicken. Oh, God. And I think that's the end, right? That is it. It's the end of that one. Do you want to go first on rating? Yeah. I didn't like this one as much as the first one. The Attila song was pretty good, but, you know, I mean, it was just a... Good song. Good yeah. one. The boo thing was good. I didn't like the 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 cute first exclamation. Yeah, that later one was one weird. That much. I think the announcer got really old really fast too. <laughs> I never really got Fabulous. into lifestyles of the rich and famous. <laughs> uh I did like the acquaintances one, although I think you probably like that one more than me. Yeah. And you understood a lot more of the references. Um I would probably give this one three point five boo wonders out of five. Cool. Um, yeah, I definitely like the Friends sketch a lot. It just has so much that's for the Friends fan, even though it's also making fun of Friends. But it's doing it in a way that is, like, that's accurate. And, like, even though I love Friends, I know that a lot of it is basically the worst. <laughs> like, there's so much about it, like, with the gay panic and, like we were saying, the fat shaming. But that said, I still love it. So I liked that a lot. I probably liked the Boo Wonder sketch second. I didn't really like the first one. And then the Here Comes Attila one was a minute of my time. So <laughs> there wasn't a lot to get into there. So I'll probably give this three blow dryers out of five. Okay. Uh, I thought you were going to rate that one higher because of the friends thing. No. Huh. Did you know? Show won eight Emmys. I didn't know that. That's a lot. They're daytime Emmys. But oh, okay. <laughs> I still feel like it counts, right? Yeah, it does. Um, yeah, let's see. They won daytime Emmys for Outstanding Music Direction and Composition, uh, I think three times. Outstanding Children's Animated Program, Outstanding Achievement in Animation, and Outstanding Original Song 
an outstanding achievement in music direction and composition. Which song did it win for? Uh, just the Animaniacs theme song, I think. Oh, okay. So they won quite a few Emmys for that stuff. So that's kind of cool. I thought yeah, the show has really good animation. Like they went above and beyond with it mm-hmm. and it holds up really well today. Like the animation still looks good. Yeah, no, I'm, I was watching it on Hulu and I kind of thought that maybe it had been digitally like retouched or something, but it doesn't seem like that's the case. Um, one of the things that I, I found that I liked just little anecdotes about it was when they were first trying to promote the show that they put a balloon version of Yakko mm-hmm. on top of the WB water tower, but it didn't go well. It uh, apparently it looked like Mickey Mouse and yeah. the head of the studio thought it was a prank and made them take it down. <laughs> Fair enough. Disney has been known to sue. <laughs> yeah. So they decided to like redraw the characters a little bit, right? To make yeah. it look less like Mickey. Yeah. They added uh, the whiskers to differentiate. <laughs> Good call. Yeah. And I think I like how they got, they, they, the siblings turned out. Mm-hmm. There also apparently is... There's some. There are a lot of ideas that were cut, like one where Yakko sings a song called "Geologic Clock," which is the Earth's history, um, a soap opera parody called "As the Petri Dish Turns," <laughs> little things like that. But one of my favorite things is that apparently there are like these unreleased adult episodes, and I oh. just did finger quotes, where <laughs> the actors, I guess, to blow off steam or something, like just were cursing during them and stuff. <laughs> Uh, so I tried to find stuff and there's like, this can't be a real thing. It's on a, a wiki of mm-hmm. just like the lost episodes <laughs> and it makes no sense. And I just want to read part of it okay? because you'll, you'll look at me and think, what? <laughs> Yakko was walking somewhere and Wacko was with him. <laughs> the thing I noticed was the third character was missing. They couldn't just say dot. <laughs> The two characters were walking the opposite way of the viewers towards them. What? That doesn't make sense either. That doesn't make sense. (laughs) But the thing was, exclamation point, (laughs) Wacko had a live action red hat and real life hands and sounded like he was crying and his eyes were red around the iris (laughs) and show Yakko in a tree and falls, but doesn't happen because the screen fades to black. Then you hear moans coming from Yakko and Wacko is screaming quietly and then the moans get louder as if the mic was broken and then shows a live-action sequence of Dot jumping on a bed. <laughs> Opens a closet and disappears after that and goes back to Yakko and Wacko, and they are angry at each other at a hospital with a doctor character operating on Yakko. And Wacko is amused and leaves the room, and Yakko's upper lip is hurt. <laughs> his gums are red, his teeth are bleeding, and Wacko is crying. <laughs> I don't know who wrote this, but I want to, like, help them learn English. Yeah. <laughs> it's... The characters are walking opposite of the viewer towards towards them. them. (laughs) Like, no, that's not opposite of the viewer. They're walking to the viewer. (laughs) Come on, dude. Uh, There was a, yeah, that was a mess. Interesting. Okay, so finally, here's the original um, idea that they had for how the show format would go. Was that each show would have a theme. It would be like Animaniacs in concert, Animaniacs in the Stone Age, Animaniacs in the World of Art. And the show would start with a blackout gag where they would have like a quick teaser that would relate to the theme of the day. They'd have the main title. uh, And then it would be broken up into acts one, two, and three where the guide hosts, the Warner Brothers, would 
take you to a new setting, I guess, based on it. Hmm. And then they would have segues to other shorts and stuff and, and be in them. And then they'd have the end title uh, throughout it. But I don't think that, I think they kind of abandoned that theme idea a little bit. Like it's there in some of the episodes. Maybe some of them, definitely not this last one that we watched. Right. But I think like things like the Heart of Darkness one, like yeah. there's one where they parody the movie Duck Soup, which is a <laughs> Marx Brothers one. You should watch that. You would like Duck Soup. I've heard of it, mostly it's, because of Gilmore Girls. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, I used Gilmore Girls as an example in class the other day. Oh, did you? <laughs> We're talking about experiential marketing. And when they rebooted Gilmore Girls, they put up like these pop-up diners yeah. that look like Luke's Diner. Yeah, I and, wanted to go so bad. And I, I used that as an example. And I put it up. And I was like, so I've watched all of Gilmore Girls. And I have no <laughs> shame. And everyone in my class like, what? And then there would like inevitably be a girl through in the class. Like, it's so good, isn't it? I'm like, it is so good. <laughs> Uh, and then everyone else like, what's wrong with this guy? That's good to know that kids in high school are still watching Gilmore Girls, though. It's not a lot of them. I was the same age as Rory. That makes, you know, I guess that makes sense whether or not then. So this is yet another 90s show that has a reboot coming. And this has definitely been confirmed. Hulu has ordered two new seasons of Animaniacs. And I think that's going to start in 2020. Yeah, and I think it's just they're going to release them full season, not oh, like yeah? one at a time. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah, and Steven Spielberg is involved with that iteration too, so that's good. But yeah, not much else has really been announced, and I think that's probably because the premiere is so far out, but that'll be available in the next couple of years. And in the meantime, all of Animaniacs is on Hulu, so... I highly recommend watching it. I have rewatched almost every episode. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And it was long before we even decided to do this podcast. Oh, so nice. I was just going through them. I think all of like Pinky and the Brain is on there. Yeah. Pinky and the Brain had its own two C series, actually. There's Pinky and the Brain and then Pinky Elmira and the Brain, which was not good. Um, <laughs> and I th think maybe Tiny Toon Adventures is also there. I don't know, but I loved Tiny Toon Adventures. We're tiny, we're tiny, we'll get that one later. <laughs> it says, Steven Spielberg presents Tiny Toon Adventures. Nice. Steven Spielberg did some great cartoons in the 90s. Mm-hmm. I know. I didn't even actually realize that. Um, last thing from me, I found a way to connect this week's episode back to the Michigan theme of many of these shows, <laughs> and that is that Rob Paulson, the voice of Yakko, Pinky and so many other characters, is from Detroit, born in Detroit. Woo! He won a daytime Emmy for his voicing of Pinky in 1999. <laughs> he wanted to be an NHL player when he was a younger oh. child and has many charities related to hockey and other things. Rob Paulson, thank you for being my Michigan connection. Too much Michigan. When are we going to do Frasier? <laughs> <laughs> Frasier? That's like the only thing I know that's set in Seattle. <laughs> Why would we call it Frasier? I think I would know. I'm Frager. Why are you saying it like that? It's from 30 Rock when <laughs> they do the the cakes. Like, Frazier comes in and he helps uh, Kenneth get, like, all these cakes. And they're, like, trying to scam the cake thing. So he tells him it needs to say Frager on it. <laughs> and then the woman's like, isn't it Frazier? It's like, <laughs> I think I would know. I'm Frager. I love Kelsey Grammer. I don't remember that. Oh, uh, that's one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> The best friends gang. 
Well, we'll have to do that coming up because I don't know how much more of this Michigan stuff I can take. You don't want to do Martin next? <laughs> no, I think we already know what we're going to do next, right? Yes. Next week, we're going to do a show that I'm excited to talk about because I think it's bad. <laughs> and I haven't gotten to talk about a bad show since Saved by the Bell. <laughs> and Katie thinks Saved by the Bell is great. So now we'll have a show that we both think is bad. Well, my sister said that we were both really harsh on Saved by the Bell. <laughs> nice. Yes, it deserves it. I'm sorry. Zach Morris is trash. I still want to go to the Saved by the Bell pop-up restaurant in L.A., though. Have you seen that? I haven't. They rebuilt the Max, and it looks like the Max. Oh, and it has, like, all of the details about it. So look at pictures. It's awesome. Anyway, next week we're doing the Tom Green show. <laughs> yes. That was Not the Green Tom show. The Green Tom Green show. It's part of the open, the, the opening lyrics. Oh, okay. The theme song. Four <laughs> times. God. I know very, very limited amounts of the Tom Green show, so this will be interesting. I know who he is, but I mean... Yeah, I couldn't tell you more than one thing that was from this show. That's fair enough. We may have a guest coming in for that, our friend Eugene. Uh, we will see uh, <laughs> if he is able to do that and suggest episodes that he wants to, yeah. to discuss. Uh, and we'll get those episodes posted on social media and on the website for for viewers as well. Yeah, cool. And... Those will be posted on our Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're TFGIF Podcast everywhere. So follow us. Join our conversations about things. It's yeah. fun. If you can, wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, give us a rating. Give us a little feedback here. Yeah. Be wonderful. Rate, review, subscribe. All the good things. Yeah. <laughs> it really helps, though, because that's how other people are able to find us if we have ratings and that kind of thing. So... If you like what we're doing, that would really be awesome. But until next Friday, bye. bye.